Welcome to the only actionable podcast to help you unfuck your marketing and run a business that gives a shit. I'm your host, Siobhan, and this is Marketing Unfucked. Today's conversation is about messaging that vibes with your customer with Diane Wiradu. Let's do this. So Diane, how do we unfuck marketing? Okay, huge question, <laughs> first of all. Yeah, so the biggest way I see we can unfuck our marketing when it comes to kind of messaging, which is where I really focus on, is really leading with the customer, right? Mm -hmm. So I know this applies probably to everything across marketing, but particularly, you know, it's one of the things that I see in messaging that is so simple, but just so overlooked. I feel that particularly in, you know, brands and businesses in B2B, they start with, this is what we want to say, instead of what do our customers need to hear, which is just really the wrong approach. It's totally backwards, isn't it? But you're saying it's so simple, but often overlooked. Why do you think people overlook it? Yeah, I'm, I'm really, I'm really not sure. And I think that the the answer to that probably depends on the industry. It depends probably on the kind of growth stage of the company. Like I work mostly with B2B kind of SaaS and digital service companies. And I feel like there's a lot of copying the competition. There's a lot of looking at what everyone else is doing and you end up in this rat race of, you know, just noise. That's why there's so much noise out there in marketing and just like a bunch of problems that I see on a daily basis is like the sameness because people are wanting to copy what everyone else is saying. There's the kind of boring, bland, drab, you know, jargon because instead of starting with the customer, they're thinking, what can we say? So you have nothing unique to, unique to say or nothing different to bring to the plate this kind of irrelevance of just focusing on wanting to share product up updates instead of thinking about, well, what does the customer care about? So I'm not really sure as to why it's so pervasive because it really is pervasive, but I think it's because it's, maybe I shouldn't have said simple. No, it's simple, but it's not easy. They're two quite different things. I think really being customer focused in everything you do right down to your messaging, your brand messaging, your product messaging is simple, but it takes some hard work because you have to get out there. You have to really understand them. And so many companies say, yeah, we, we know our customer, but they can just put together a kind of high level buyer persona that doesn't actually say anything about their real customer needs. And then that doesn't end up being reflected in the messaging. So I think that it's, it's probably, it's, it's a lot of effort really to really know your customer inside out. But then, so is it overlooked because it's a lot of effort or is it overlooked because let's say you're getting pushback from the client saying, no, we already have the persona. We don't really want to dig in. Is it, are they, is there fear involved here as well? Or is it really just, it's hard and we're not going to take the time to do it? Yeah, I think it's a bit of both. I think there's, there's a lot of nuance. I think you touching on fear is a really important part of this. I think that particularly in, in B2B, there's a lot of putting your neck on the line, fear of sounding a bit different, fear of not following the crowd, you know? Every, everyone talks about, oh, when they zig, we zag. Like, <laughs> no one actually wants to do that. Everyone is super scared to actually, to, to do the work, to find a message that just speaks to that customer instead of just following what everyone else does. So I do think there's, there is a bit of fear there because, you know, in order to create messaging in order to write copy that really 
speaks to your prospect and to your customer, you have to exclude some other people. You have to, like, you have to, you have to go narrow. And one of the the places where, you know, business owners, founders, marketing teams, they fall short is trying to go too big, too wide. So this is what you commonly see, that people are just going really wide and that they're, they're afraid to kind of niche down or just to focus on their target. Exactly. Because, you know, if you, if you're trying to speak to everyone, there's no way that message is going to connect. Like I, I've mentioned this, this example a couple of times before, but I worked a while back with a B2B SaaS company, tech uh, company. They're actually, they're pretty huge. They were kind of enterprise size. And when I asked them, you know, okay, talk to me about your ideal customer and your clients, like who are they? And they said, yeah, so we're targeting pretty much every company that uses Microsoft 365. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> and I was like, okay. I was like, yeah, we need to, okay, but cool. And then within that, you know, really, who are they? What, what are their pain points? And the, the founder, the lead marketer really, they really struggle because they said, we have clients in construction. We have clients in the financial sector. We have clients in logistics everywhere. And I said, well, there's no wonder that it's really hard <laughs> for you to create any kind of messaging that is unique, that really, also the messaging that really helps your customer because you're just trying to speak to everyone. Like you, you can't help me, you know, as a messaging strategist, as a copywriter, there's no way you can help me if you're just talking like a high level to, okay, every woman in the world, right? Exactly. <laughs> That's not going to connect with me. And I know the core of kind of the conversations that you're having, particularly on this podcast and like unfucking our marketing is, is really about like being empathetic to the customer. And I think that we have to kind of get over that fear and, and start smaller because that's the way that we connect. Does starting small, I mean, it doesn't actually mean we're excluding everyone, does it? It just means that we're honing in on one person. Is there a little bit of that where people are just afraid that you're now only speaking to one person, whereas... I have a feeling you might still be talking to a wider audience, but you're just trying to connect with one specific audience. Exactly. Yeah. I think you hit the nail on the head. I don't know if I can put it better than that, to be honest, but you know, it is, it's, it's not, you're not excluding anyone. I think people, you're just, you're just really trying to speak to one group of people better and, you know, other people will still connect with what you do. will still understand what you offer. And if it feels right, they'll still get in touch. Like I'm sure I could speak to anyone. I, I you know, I bet you've seen this with your business, right? You know, that you clearly offer one particular service or you say that you're targeting one group of people and other people will still get in touch with you because they've heard you're cool or they, you know, they want All something. The it doesn't, it doesn't stop people from getting in touch, but you know, it just helps you have a better connection with, yeah, it helps you have a, a better connection with kind of your people. I think we, we all need to, with marketing, we need to go back to the core of like really understanding there's, there's one group of people that you can like own and defend. And it doesn't mean it doesn't have to be an industry or a niche. I'm not saying, okay, it doesn't have to be a job title. It just has to be, <clears throat> excuse me. It has to be a group of people that feel the same thing or uh, want to get the same job done. What's a good example of feel the same thing or want to get the same job done? Because I think this is where people might struggle, right? It's easy for us to make a persona where we say, everyone is um, female between 35 and 45 and has two kids or whatever the persona might be. So how can you dig out that feeling or that want to get the same job done? Yeah. So, I mean, there's a couple of, there's a couple of ways of going about it. And I think that um, the jobs, like the jobs to be done framework is a great way to 
approach this. Like I don't, I'm not like a super jobs to be done practitioner, right? So I don't know the ins and outs of it, but the, the, the concept, the concept of looking at going out and speaking to existing customers, I, you know, ideal prospects and understanding, digging into the, the common needs that come up, the common kind of pain points, the common outcomes, the, the things that people say that they're trying to achieve and then looking for the patterns across the, those, those uh, four things will help you kind of put together this, this person that you can kind of own and defend. I mean, maybe we can talk about like your ideal customer. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going like, to throw that. this back to you because <laughs> I've worked with you before. So I know, you know, a little bit more, I know a little bit about the, the ideal type of person that you're trying to serve. And it isn't just, okay, any e-commerce, like any e-commerce founder, right? It's a particular e-commerce founder at a certain stage of growth that is trying to make a certain type of change that they're not able to, and they need support. So how are you then in my case, I I agree a hundred percent, but how would you then in my case, how did you figure that out? Like you, I know you asked me a lot of questions when we talked about it, but the (laughs) truth is you never asked me what's your persona or who exactly do you want to work? I feel like you were really digging through a lot of other things to get there. So is this just part of your process or is this just easier for you for us as founders or as CMOs not to tell you what we are thinking our target market is? Is it easier for you to find out on your own? Yeah. So I actually, I think our case is slightly different because I, I, I did a lot of the kind of research by myself. So maybe just for context or kind of everyone listening. So yeah, I worked I worked with uh, Siobhan on like messaging for her website, right? And the way that I often do the kind of research and getting to know your customers would be, you know, getting on interviews or sending a survey, depending on how big your customer base is. But in your case, you actually had already done interviews yourself. You went out and did some research, like that you were part of a, a course previously. And so you had a lot of the language around the pains, around the fears, around the hesitations because of all of that work you did and finding your own differentiation. So really you mm-hmm. kind of set me up for success because you shared all of these, you shared these recordings, you shared transcript, you shared a, a, sh- a spreadsheet of kind of all of those themes compiled. So I was able to just kind of run through like comb through that. A testimonial is a really great place to find messaging that will kind of stick and will resonate with other prospects and other customers that are in a similar situation because you can read and understand the outcome, you know, that a client was after and the way they talk about it. It's very easy to say, oh, my clients are looking for, they're looking to increase conversions, simple. And we help them increase conversions and that was it. But actually when you dig into, you get on the phone with them or you dig into a testimonial form, you ask them to fill something in and they'll say, oh yeah, we increased this, but you know, she actually walked us through the whole process. Now we know how to do it. She's trained our team. And so you hear all of this other like amazing messaging around how you've helped someone and you can pull on that and think, oh, well, maybe other people (laughs) like her, like this founder will be struggling with the same things and actually want the same outcomes. So yeah, I'm kind of, that was a really roundabout (laughs) way to kind of answer your question. But is that quite normal to get additional information from the customer? Because, so, I mean, I obviously have my opinions here and I do think that stakeholders and their egos get quite involved and they have this vision 
that they think is their customer. And then when somebody comes in and says, I want to interview your customer or do some user research, there's a little pushback there because it, it usually fights with that ideal that they are thinking in their head. Do you see that a lot? Or is that just my encounter with my clients? Meaning, are you seeing one thing that they're seeing or they want? And then when you talk to their customers or users, are you seeing a different picture or are they being more elaborate? Are they giving you a lot more information? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, because I think I'm quite lucky, the clients that I work with, that they're very open. Firstly, they're very open to me going in and having conversations with their customers and with their clients. They're very open to it. Usually when people get in touch with me, they also realize that they're in, they're in this phase that I call like the founder funk, right? Where you are just too close to the product and service that you, or product or service that you deliver, that you just like, you know, too much. And it's really hard for you to simplify, to remove yourself. It's that classic case of, you know, not being able to read the label of the jar when you're like inside it. Right. So I've come in already and that kind of into that kind of conversation where they realize, Hey, we're struggling. We need your help. So I am coming into a very open environment where founders and founding teams say, yeah, please do go talk to our customers. We've done it in some cases we haven't in others, but we're open and we're really excited to see what you find. So I think I'm in, in a really lucky position. And I think it's a really important position for me as well, because I don't like, I don't willingly walk into zones of resistance, right? <laughs> like, yeah. Who does? like I'm not, I'm not gonna, you know, if you say, oh, we don't want you to interview them. Well, like, I don't want to kind of work in that way. So I also, I don't want to start this huge learning curve. So that's the first thing. And then what I tend to find, I don't tend to find something completely shocking, but often it's a validation of, you know, different hypotheses. So my clients will say, you know, we've got a couple of different differentiating points. We think we're not sure what to focus on, or we think this is our favorite feature and things come out slightly different. Or the way that customers speak about the product or service is just, yeah, there's a bit of nuance or they're using slightly different language that the client hadn't really picked up on. I, I recently did a project for a, they're a UK-based SaaS tool. It's a digital asset management tool. So it's kind of like, you know, Google Drive for your images, but like way better, right? And everyone who I spoke to really talked about like the interface. They said it was stunning. It was, it was beautiful. Like it was so much better than the kind of the tools they were using before were just really inappropriate. They were using kind of SharePoint, Google Drive, which is not, it's mm -hmm. not a, it's not a, an experience that you would describe as as beautiful. And they mm -hmm. knew that this was kind of, like kind of a differentiation of the product, but they hadn't really leaned into it. But everyone was saying, mm -hmm. oh yeah, it was stunning. Like they actually enjoyed like placing their photos in there. So we pulled that out into their brand messaging and like create and created a core message around like this stunning place that your photos like deserve to live in, you know, like your photos deserve to be in something as beautiful as this. And like now they're kind of testing that message, but like, we're pretty sure that it's going to resonate a lot more because that's what customers wanted. So it, it wasn't completely like out of the blue, but often it, I kind of help clients pivot slightly. Got it. Okay. So then what happens when you take all this user research? Like I know you said that one of the things is that we really need to focus on our customer. Mm -hmm. Other than doing the customer research, what other ways in terms of messaging can you, what can you do with messaging to focus on the customer? Or is it just customer research and then just take their language and their words and you present it? Or is there more to it? Yeah. So I think that 
the the foundation is definitely starting with customer research. I think it's it's kind of pre and post, right? So we need to start. So I think for me, leading with the customer is like 80% of the work. And if, you know, founders and marketing teams that are listening to this can already look <laughs> and at the, the foundational stuff and see when was the last time they went out and spoke to customers, is it reflected in their messaging? That's definitely the starting point. And then the end point is kind of bookending my process start with research and with like review and validation. Another way is to get feedback as well from customers mm. on the messages that you're putting out there using tools like using panels, for example, uh, user panels, using live testing, you doing, well, user testing from a product perspective is well known, but user testing from a messaging perspective, I feel like is a little bit kind of less widely used. And getting, so getting that feedback, asking a bunch of people when you land on our homepage, like, what do you take from that? Do you understand what we do? And it's a really, like, if you ask 15 people to read through your homepage and at the end of it, if 10 of them say they're really still confused as to what you do, then, you know, you need to make some changes to put them first, right? And to answer the queries and the questions and the doubts and all the hesitations that they have. That's another way. Yeah. Is that an integral part of the process? Because like, I mean, how often is it just validating what you're doing? I'm assuming you're putting them into tools like winter.com and things, and then you're just mm -hmm. validating the copy that you've written. But how often do you actually, does it actually reveal a lot more information for you? I think it always, it, it always reveals something. The, mm -hmm. what I would say is that you need to know what you want to validate. <laughs> like, I, I think you know this like more than most, right? Because I know you're a research nerd, you're a data nerd, right? So you have to ask, you have to know what questions you're asking. Otherwise, you're just, the, the data is going to be like super biased or you're going to look, you're going to look for the answer that you think <laughs> that your customers yeah, are giving. Course. You need to know what, what are we going in? What do we want to know? Do we want to know if this is memorable? Is that the key goal? Or is it, do we want to know that people know that they actually really understand what we do? And when you've defined your research goal before you go in, then it's easier to define, okay, well, what questions will help us with those answers? And then based on that, it's a lot easier to kind of sift through the research because qual qualitative research, it's, it's a bit of a tricky one, right? Because everyone can interpret it slightly differently. And so you, you still need to have a process. It's not just like, okay, well, ask 10 customers, what do we want? And then they all said this, and then we go and do it. No, you still need to have a process. So yeah, I would look for what are you trying to optimize for? Is it memorability? Is it checking? Are we trustworthy? Is it clarity? Like what is it first? So then overall, just to summarize kind of what you sure. said, is that to unfuck your marketing in terms of messaging, it's all about the customer. That's 100%. ultimately what it is, right? Get <laughs> yes. talking to them. It's, it's amusing because everyone says this from every angle of marketing. So then sometimes you wonder, is that really just it? But from your perspective, that really is it. Yeah, it really is into like, you know, going back to bringing this full loop, this is the question, like, how do we unfuck our marketing? It's not how do we just create messaging? No, you need to, you need to have a vision. You need to know what it is that you deliver as a company. There's a lot else that you need to do, but I'm talking about, you know, you've been struggling, you're just throwing up messages, you know, you're not following a process and you know, there's something you can do better. So if that's the case, if you're listening, you're thinking, hmm, we haven't really been focusing on our messaging, then the first step is definitely speaking to customers. Like there, there's nothing that will, will beat that and they'll, they'll 
give you the starting foundation and then you can build from there. Great. Thank you, Diane. Thanks. Thank you, Diane. And thank you for listening to Marketing Unfucked. See you in two weeks. Ciao.